Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the 8th of September, 2022, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II passed away at the age of 96 at Balmoral Castle in Scotland. As an owner, the Queen won over a thousand races, including four of the British classics. Only the Derby eluded her, and was the champion owner in 1954 and 1957. Her crowning racing moment was in 2013, when her filly, Estimate, won the Ascot Gold Cup. As a tribute to Her Majesty, I have spoken to three former guests of the show about their personal racing memories of the Queen. You will shortly hear the memories of Richard Pittman, the former National Hunt jockey and BBC TV racing presenter, Gay Kellaway, the first woman jockey to win a race at Royal Ascot, and David Hunter, the chief executive and clerk of the course at Fakenham Racecourse. There has never been a British monarch with a passion for racing and breeding thoroughbreds of the stature of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Richard, do you remember your first meeting with the Queen? Yes, I I do. Back in the mid-70s, there were parties given by the Queen Mother in the Royal Lodge in Windsor Park, which was uh, her pad at the time. And they were a few, you know, a few trainers like Nicky Henderson and the jockeys of the time. And it would be, I don't know, 15 people. And the Queen Mother was hosting just a a, a drinks and nibbles thing because she loved her racing so much and loved the people involved in it. And the first we were aware that the Queen was there was when there were all of a sudden six corgis running around your feet. <laughs> and uh, you'd look around and there was the Queen. No announcement. she just wandered in from a side room in a, a, a jumper and tweed skirt and was very relaxed and wasn't announced because it was her mother's party. You know, she was just another guest. So it was so informal and so lovely. And of course, she knew so much about the jumping and about everybody within it, that, that room that it was just a really pleasant time. And the Queen Mother was all, not childlike, all so happy that she got this group of people with her and her mother. And so, therefore, it was a really joyous occasion. And that happened quite a few times. Um, I'm, I'm very proud and honoured to have met Her Majesty. So did you ever meet her when you're in your TV days for the BBC? No, um, but, well, yes, loosely, loosely. Peter Scudamore and I were asked to judge the best riding performance at the Aintree Grand National Meeting. And I can't remember what year, it would have been 80-something. 
And um, everybody expected us to go for someone from the Grand National. But we decided Carrie Ford would get it because she rode the Fox Hunters winner that year. And I'm kind of struggling to remember what it was, but that doesn't matter. Anyway, for some reason, we couldn't make the presentation at the agreed time, not that day, later. Whatever catastrophe happened, it didn't happen. So the Queen agreed that she would present it at Buckingham Palace. Date was arranged. Uh, Twelve of us turned up there to present the prize, Skew and myself and Carrie Ford and uh, I think she was still married at the time to Richard Ford and, you know, just general few people. And we were in the balcony room, you know, where they open up those great balcony doors and Queen and everyone waves to the people below. <laughs> and of course, there's always people there looking up at Buckingham Palace. And um, after I looked at all the paintings and things that were in that room, I thought, well, wouldn't it be nice to see what the view is like? from the balcony looking down and into the mall. Um, and I'm just opening the doors <laughs> to go out there when a large hand went on my shoulder and said, excuse me, sir, only the higher royal family are allowed out there. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, two minutes later, in walked the Queen into the room. Uh, and again, I, I, I have to stress just a dozen people so so relaxed, so so poignant and, and such a strong memory. And as you know, Stephen, my memory is shattered. I can't remember what day it is half the time. I said to the wife yesterday, what are you doing here? And she said, I'm married to you, you fool. <laughs> well, you nearly did what Churchill did. You nearly stood on the balcony then, didn't like the like the world yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. What are your memories of the Queen? Uh, my memories of the Queen is on a regular basis at Royal Ascot when um, when I rode, of course, and of course when I had runners or when my dad had runners, um, she was always in the paddock in the eighties. I don't think she missed a race coming in the paddock um, uh, during the eighties, and when we only had four days, um, we had four days racing, six races. So obviously, you know, she only turned up the Tuesday to the Friday, so. It was more um, exclusive, really, in those days. Um, they didn't let so many people in the paddock like they do now. Um, so you got very close to her. I didn't personally ever meet her, but when I rode a winner at, at Ascot back in 1987, Royal Ascot, um, I had a message from the Queen. I think Lord Portis just sent, uh, sent it over to me uh, at Ascot Heath. Um, Her, Majesty, Her Majesty congratulates you um, on your highest achievement. Uh, my parents used to have, uh, all the trainers used to get an invite um, to have lunch at uh, Ascot Heath with the Queen Mother. Which obviously the Queen didn't go on the Saturday, but the Queen Mother did. And she hosted a lunch of all the trainers, the winning trainers that week uh, of the four days. And uh, father and mother always end up sat next to her because she loved father because he was a jump jockey. And there was he was the only sort of jump trainer, flat trainer that was in National Hunt. All the rest of the trainers were all flat trainers. So they got them tremendously well and knew all about, the, the royal family knew all about the family and knew about us kids. So, yeah, so um, she was prominent in my lifetime, as so many, um, particularly in racing, and she'd be certainly sorely missed. 
you must have felt pleased when you got a message. I mean, become the first uh, woman jockey to win a race at Royal Ascot in 1987. Yes, um, and, and it's an honour to actually do it when the Queen was alive um, and um, during her monarchy. And um, yeah, it was a privilege. And I'm, I'm quite a big royalist anyway, so um, I think in racing we've all been hit quite hard because she's just such a predominant owner within our industry. And uh, those beautiful colours she has, they're stunning. Um, and you always feel proud when you... I, I, I beat, I've got a lovely picture of beating one of her horses, actually, one of the inboardings as a jockey. And uh, he was behind me. And I felt a little bit ashamed to beat the Queen. <laughs> you do, don't you? Um, but you feel, you feel uh, like you've achieved something, but also you feel a bit ashamed as well. It's kind of a mixed emotion when you used to beat one of the Queen's horses. Yeah, because all the spectators would be have that sort of their second choice of a, of a horse on, even if they've had a bet, would be the Queen's horse, wouldn't it? I think their first choice, you know, used to talk to everybody. I mean, even when I went racing uh, to Ascot, and evidently she had more horses in the last two years um, than she's ever had, you know, um, in training. And at the stud, um, I think they were hoping to hit some big races at Ascot because obviously she was, you know, she's an elderly lady and you, you don't really know how long someone has at that sort of age. And they just wanted to bump up her interest because she just adored horse racing and she loved her horses. You only had to see her around horses. I mean, my head girl of 26 years, Liz Mullen, she um, looked after a filly of, uh, of her old highnesses um, she, um, called Flight of Fancy. And uh, Flight of Fancy was a very, very good filly. I think she was second in the Oaks. And when Her Majesty went to Sir Michael Stout's stable, Liz was there with, with the filly and um, Her Majesty gave went to give uh, Flight of Fancy a carrot and wouldn't take it off Her Majesty. And this is how down to earth she was. She, she gave the carrot to Liz. And Liz, she said to Liz, well, she'll probably take it off you and not me. And of course she did. And, and, and Her Majesty laughed. So, I mean, she was just like very normal very very normal human being to be around and as like so many of the royal trainers have said you know to have a one-to-one with her is like talking to anybody down the road yeah many people outside racing wouldn't realize how often she would come to newmarket to visit her horses at the at the home of racing yeah she did a lot actually i think it all kept a bit hush hush but you know the odd time i used to see her on the heath you know i thought i swear that's the queen of it was it was quite um ironic really to see um surreal really when you sort of she's on her own with a couple of her um advisors and uh either sir michael stout or john gosden on the top of the heath and we're sort of riding by and say look there's the queen over there with so many people queue up when you see now what's going on on the tv you know people queuing up and herds of people whereas you know we we were quite privileged in the race and to be so close to close to, to, to her majesty you know David, what's your two memories, I believe, of meeting the Queen? Absolutely. Hello, Stephen. Um, yeah, the first one was back in 1992 when I was a soldier and I was uh, uh, an officer instructor at the Royal Military Academy, Sandhurst. And the platoon, my platoon of cadets formed a company of cadets. And that company in 1992 became the Sovereign's Company, which is an honour that the uh, one company wins by being the top company in the intake of cadets for that year and my platoon was part of the company that won that and and it's won on a number of you know competitions and uh, and, and achievements that happened throughout the year and at the end of it being 
uh, in then the Sovereign's Company, which I was able to call myself for the last term, uh, the Queen came and met all of the cadets. She was actually taking the Sovereign's Parade, the passing out parade for the cadets, uh, I think either later that day or that morning. And uh, But she came and met all of the cadets, met the directing staff. Uh, and I have, along with other memorable military photographs, I have a lovely photograph of myself sitting on the front row, four chairs, to the uh, right of Her Majesty in 1992. So that was my first time of meeting her. And then the second time was in 2008. I was then, as well as running Fakenham Racecourse, I was the manager for the British Paralympic Equestrian Team. And in October 2008, we'd recently come back from the Paralympic Games in Beijing. And the Queen very graciously gave a reception at Buckingham Palace for all members of the British Paralympic uh, team, uh, athletes, support staff, and everybody. So I was there with my um, a very successful uh, dressage team of riders and support staff. And um, uh, we were in a sort of a huddle. And, you know, in due course, she got around to us. And you could certainly see her, her face lifted, that fantastic smile when she uh, realized that she was now speaking with the equestrian team with all of us who had a, a common interest and knowledge of horses. Uh, so I, I, I was introduced to her first of all, had a chat and then, and then introduced her personally to all of the members of the team there. And, uh, and, and I, I like to think she, she stayed with us a little bit longer possibly than some of the other um, equally successful sports teams. That were there. It was a fantastic occasion right in the center of um, Buckingham Palace. Those are my memories of, of, of meeting Her Majesty. Um, and they are ones that I cherish and, and will never forget. Well, thanks for those interesting stories, uh, David. Uh, what did the Queen mean to you? Well, a huge amount. I mean, the um, you know, I spent 10 years as a, a soldier. Uh, I was commissioned as an officer in 1983. I have my um, signed commissioned a paper at home signed by Her Majesty. Um, so, you know, as an officer or as a soldier, you serve the Queen. So I served the Queen personally for 10 years, and she uh, is a tremendous person, as all, all the members of the royal family are, particularly close links to the armed forces. And then having left the army, I've been very fortunate to be in equestrianism, first of all, in sort of mainstream equestrianism, and then for the last 25 years in racing. And, you know, she has been a, a tremendous asset uh, to, to, to racing. At Fakenham, she was the patron of Fakenham from within days of her ascension to the throne until uh, 1st January 2000. And then she gave up her patronage and the Prince of Wales took it on. So currently, um, the King is our patron of Fakenham, which is a, a, a lovely thing to have. But she was passionate about her racing. And, uh, you know, some people not, might not remember, but when her mother, the Queen Mother, was alive, she national hunt racing was her real thing. And the Queen didn't have horses in training to do with national hunt racing. She that was she was purely on the flat, and it was the Queen Mother who had the, the jumping interests. I was very fortunate to meet, meet the Queen Mother and have a, a very jolly private lunch of 13 of us here once at Fakenham. Um, but when the Queen Mother uh, died... You know, the Queen then took on um, uh, uh, the interest and the sort of mantle of her mother's national hunter interest. And here in Norfolk and at Fakenham, 
we're very close to um you know to sandringham uh, actually I, and I, where i live even closer we're, we're the next door village virtually um and so you know sandringham with the with the royal stud there um it is quite often that we have horses that run here that might have started their their lives having been bred at the royal stud anyway so it's a great link to us here in norfolk and to norfolk racing but it's a huge huge link to racing in this country and racing internationally what did the queen mean to you richard oh she was everything she was such a strong figurehead and she had been on the throne since i was 10 so i watched the coronation then because it was such a big occasion and i've been such a follower of her since because everything she's done has been good and she's had some trials and tribulations but she's been there for us but more than that her love of the horses you've only got to see her pat a horse down the nose on the muzzle down the neck she loves her horses and she knew her horses i mean she knows her her, her breeding very well uh, uh charles can't remember his second name at lou near whitney here used to have the jumping horses for her and the queen mother because she did have an interest in the queen mother's jumping horses and uh, they'd go there and i can remember her i was over for one reason or another and um, it was raining but she still insisted on going out into the fields and charles ratcliffe was his name sorry Anyway, she insisted with the Queen Mother going into the fields to see the young horses. And it was pouring rain. You know, it wasn't a question of let's go down in a Range Rover and look out the window. She went down there, patted them, looked at them, studied their legs. Um, and there was a great photograph of her walking back, you know, absolutely drenched, but loving it because she loved to be in amongst it. So her love of horses was superb her knowledge was as good as anyone's not just the, her advisors around her her own personal knowledge of of the horses and understanding of horse racing so in conclusion how important gay do you think the queen has been to british racing and world racing i think the queen has been i could i don't i couldn't really put into words how big she's been in racing it's, it's bigger than words themselves. You know, she was an amazing lady. She, uh, you only had to see her around horses, how much she adored them and the excitement she got from watching her. Uh, I mean, the only time I ever really saw the Queen really smile and laugh was when she was around her horses, you know, and when she was racing. You could see her every detail of looking at a horse. and what, She knew her pedigree so well, inside out, evidently. Um, but she, it will be... Such a massive loss for us. Such a massive loss. And Royal Ascot, I promise you, will never be the same without her. You know, I mean, I'm sure the Royal family will continue to have interest in horse racing, but it won't be as big and won't be as popular with them as it would, would, would have been with the Queen. How important was the Queen to British racing and to the world of racing? Very important indeed. I mean, you know, to be absolutely honest, she is the... The, um, she'd be the most the most famous lady in the world, and I think in hand in hand in that, if people said, "What is the Queen's uh, greatest sporting interest?" I think everybody around the world, and certainly in this country, would have said horse racing. 
and um, and she, I think she enabled horse racing to um, to be be available to everybody, and 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 did in such a, uh, a, a quiet and unassuming way, and so passionate about it, and hugely knowledgeable by all accounts of of uh, of breeding lines and what she wanted took a personal interest, a very personal interest in the Royal Stud at Sandringham, the relationship with the, the, the stud manager and members of the staff there, I believe, is was very, very close indeed, um, and a huge interest in horses. And, you know, you can just see that she has an affinity with or had an affinity with horses, whatever shape, size or form, from, you know, fell ponies to, um, uh, to thoroughbreds. She understood horses. She was a horsewoman through and through, and uh and horses and ponies responded to that and uh and racing people and horse people responded to that as well in such a, a lovely way so she'll be hugely missed um but she'll be massively remembered and how important was the queen to british and world racing well how could you put a how could you put a price on that is it there's no monetary price you could put on that it was just so important. The pomp and ceremony of Royal Ascot is just fantastic. But also she's had runners in a lot of places around the world, including some time ago in, in Ireland, um, Northern Ireland. You know, she has been such a supporter of the game. And of course, she's had one or two nice horses to, given to her as presents. You know, lots of heads of states give presents to other heads of states. And, and I can't remember the breeding, but there is a line that she has at Sandringham Stud um, from a yearling or two-year-old that Sheikh Mohammed gave her. So, you know, it's, it's been fascinating worldwide. But that raises the question, Stephen, who is going to take over? You know, who will... Um, King Charles will have inherited Sandringham and the horses, but he may delegate that side of it to... I would hope Princess Anne, although she's very busy, but she would make room for that. I, I don't know. It's, but you've got to remember, uh, King Charles rode steeplechasing and uh, he rode very well. Didn't ride a winner, but he rode a good horse that he owned with Nick Gaisley, the trainer in Lambeau, called Alibar, placed many times. And then when Alibar would have got a leg or stopped, they bought a horse from John Edwards, a little small horse with a small neck. And it was the wrong horse for him, totally. And we, we, Philip Blackie used to ride it. He said to me, he'll get a few shocks off this one. Because he was small, and if he made a mistake, there was no neck in front of you. And sure enough, he, he got rid of King Charles a couple of times. And they didn't last the partnership, did he? Because the horse wasn't right. So, um, you know, there have been a lot of royal patronage in, in in racing and and king charles does know what he's looking at as does the queen consort camilla uh she was a great hunting lady in, with the beaufort you know that as was prince charles and that takes some jumping down there i can tell you so they have the hands-on from the top whether they have the time to get ha hands-on with the stud remains to be seen and a very hard act to follow. Yeah, so indeed. Well, thank you very much, uh, Richard, for sharing your memories of the Queen.
It's a pleasure. And it's been a tearful time and will be on Monday. But we will all go, Stephen. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.